because of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Paul said, this sincere faith was first found in your mother. Now mothers, let me share something with you. You can cause the second and third generation of children walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. One thing I know, one thing I know for sure, if any of our grandchildren miss heaven, it won't be because of their grandmother. With Campbell, his four sons were at a party. And Campbell was there with them, the great preacher from England. And one of the sons were asked a question. Who is the great preacher? Because all four of his sons were preachers. And dad was standing somewhere close where the son could turn and look at dad and see dad. And he said, and Kimball was known all over England in parts of the United States. But he said, the greatest preacher is mom. The greatest preacher is mom. She may not have spoke to 5,000. She may not have spoke to 10,000. She may not have spoke to audiences where the auditorium's overflowing. But she spoke into the life of four children who became preachers. She spoke into their life. And this Jewish mother speaks into the life of her daughter. And she saw a new person develop in her mother that if anyone be in Christ, they become what? A new creature. She saw a mother who didn't disguise what she believed. She saw a mother who was genuine in her faith and willing to share her faith and live out her faith and to honor the one who she called Savior. She was able to see that. And that had to have an impression upon her life that she herself then became a believer. She became a believer, the scripture tells us. Thirdly, she was married to a Greek. Here is a Jewish woman living outside Jerusalem, living in a population that is basically made up of Greeks, Jewish, and Roman. And there in Lestra, there was a Roman garrison. And Eunice is a Greek name, not a Jewish name. It's a Greek name. Also can lend itself to Victoria. And she lived here. Now, though she was Jewish, and I want you to catch this now, because this is important here. In being Jewish, and being someone that is Jewish out of tradition, is two different things. Is two different things. Being Jewish and believing in Yahweh... 
Being Jewish and believing that the Messiah one day is going to come. Being Jewish and celebrating all the Jewish holidays and so forth. But yet coming to a true understanding who Jesus Christ is completes that Jewishness. She's married to a Greek. But I want you to see the courage and the strength that is in her. She never, never, as far as we can tell, disrespected her husband as a Greek. One writer puts it this way. She never disrespected him and she never really forced her Jewishness on him, though she herself lived out her Jewish faith, lived out her faith in Jesus Christ, in that her son is basically grown or a very young man, and she did not follow through with the Mosaic law that he should be circumcised on what? The eighth day. That when Paul gets ready to take him with him on a trip, he is circumcised. Because, see, the Greeks, you didn't have to be circumcised. That was his son. That was his son. He's not so much under the Jewish laws and so forth. But yet, they're going to teach and train Timothy in Scripture. But she doesn't force this upon her husband, and therefore the child is not circumcised until later in life because she did not force the commandment of Moses that the child be, what? Circumcised on the eighth day. That he's circumcised later in life. This woman lived out her faith Knowing maybe at times everything in her life was not pleasing to her husband in that area of her faith. But she lived it. She lived it. And the husband had to really love her because somewhere he gave her the liberty and the freedom to teach the Old Testament scriptures. To him. Now, that's two people in love, unequally yoked, but high respect for what? For one another. For one another. Because, see, there's grandma in the house who's a believer. Now my wife becomes a believer. Then my son becomes a believer and being trained in it. And he's still a Greek. Now, there's one or two things. Maybe he had passed by this time. Or he's still in the military. Or not in the military. Or he's just a citizen there, a Greek citizen. All three of those are possibilities. But the thing that shows up is this. Is that her courage to live out her faith. Her courage to teach her courage to watch her mom's life and then follow after that is nothing but courageous. It shows her character, 
of her independent thinking, of her own mind, to choose what is best, what? For her. And it shows the strength of her husband to trust her. Not to try to hold her back, but to trust her in that which she is choosing to believe in. She's away from the Jewish bias and the prejudice. Where if her son would have been raised up maybe close to Jerusalem or in Jerusalem, he would have been called different names and he would have been respected differently or not highly respected at all because his father was a Greek. Now, she didn't force that Jewishness on her husband. She didn't force it really on her son, I don't believe, but she taught him. She taught him. Let me share something with you, moms. Don't force your Christianity on your kids, but teach your kids why they are small. Every one of us have to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ for ourselves. Not because mom and dad are a Christian that I automatically become a Christian. We had to explain that to an African who went to school with me because he thought because his grandfather accepted the Lord under the missionaries, they were Christians and his whole family were Christians because of what grandfather did. And Ozzie had to understand it was a personal relationship. And he's on a Christian campus. But he's already considered himself a Christian just because of what grandfather did. Not because of his own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you have to make that clear to your children. You're not a Christian because mom and dad are. You're not a Christian because mom is. You're not a Christian just because somebody in your family is a Christian. You are a Christian because you yourself have chosen to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Mom, don't just assume your children are saved. Go over that again and again and again and again with your children. Because along the journey, it's going to be questionable. It's going to be questionable. It's going to be questionable to them if they really know the Lord Jesus Christ. And you want to be able to really establish them in Scripture. And Eunice was able to do that. And I think because her son was grounded in scripture and knew how to carry himself. And it's so important that as moms, you watch your sons, you watch your daughters, and you watch how they carry themselves in public. Because, see, it all comes back on you. Isn't it strange how a man gets a lot of credit for doing nothing? But you let that child be a bad child, who gets the blame? <laughs> okay. You let that child be dirty, 
You let that child be disrespectful. Who gets the blame? And somehow she raised this child with the ability that when he stepped out in public, his head is up. He's proud of who he is. Yes, he's a half-breed. He's this. He's of a mixed marriage. He's all of this. But guess what? He showed confidence in himself. And he respected himself. He carried himself according to Scripture as he was taught. And it says that the men had a high respect for him. For it says the brothers, in verse 2, the brothers of Lestris and Iconium spoke well of him. They spoke well of him. How do people speak of your children? How do people speak of your sons? How do people speak of your daughters? Do they speak well or down? And a lot of that will be how you raise them what you instill in them, that as they walk in society, people will see something different than just their outer frame. They will see their heart. They'll see their soul. They'll see their inner person, not just the outer person. She produced something of value. Fourth thing she did, She trusted in God. And she trusted Paul. Let me share something with you, Mom. Which I'm finding is very hard today. That mothers want to trust their children into the hands of anybody else. Don't touch my child. Don't discipline my child. Don't correct my child. Don't say nothing to my child. You ought to thank God if people want to take your child, in a sense, under their wing and help them along. And help them along. I can't tell you how many people helped Gus Brown. Ballard, a janitor, in 10th grade, gave me a job. He was a mailman, five-hour man for the Board of Education. Gave me a job sweeping down six stair areas of Old Howard High School, vocational high school. And that would cut his work. Only thing I had to do is sweep them down and then mop down those six stairwells for him. And he paid me. But he taught me so many other lessons. Very intelligent man, but a mailman. Mr. Beeler, who was the head janitor, boy, helped me in many different ways. That when I was in 12th grade, he wrote a letter to the employment part of the Board of Education, and I was able to start at Glover grade school as a five-hour man, still being in high school, playing basketball, playing football, and I would get to that school, do my work, then get back. But I had my basketball practice first, my football practice, and I would walk from East Akron all the way back up to Packard Drive. 
and I take a lovely young lady out to eat on Saturday night and she ate up my whole paycheck. (laughs) The thing is simply this. Learn to trust other people with your children because it's going to take more than you to raise them. But understand this. Know the people in their life. Just don't trust them to anybody. That's the wisdom of a mother. That's the wisdom and knowledge that a mother has to have, who she will entrust her kids to, whose hands you will put them in. Now, in Romans 12, 2, it tells us to be transformed in mind. And I imagine the time she accepted the Lord and all they had, they didn't have New Testament, they had Old Testament. But I imagine that she read somewhere in that Old Testament that God has a plan for her child. And she believed it. And she had to wait for the right person to come along who would also help her. Help her child to become all that God wanted him to be. God will send other people into your child's life to help your child grow, that they might be all that God wants them to be. Don't build a fence around them with no gate. You just be the gatekeeper that you let the ones in that's going to be helpful, and you can keep out the ones that will not be. But the thing is this, you need help. You need help. You need help. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 3.15. 2 Corinthians 3.15 or 2 Timothy 3.15? Let's go see here. It might be 2 Timothy 3.15. Yes, go over to 2 Timothy 3.15. And there's something that takes place. He says in Second Timothy, let's start in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. I like the word those, meaning more than just who. Mom, grandma. There were other people in the life. And it says, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scripture. What did mom and grandma put into his life? What did those other people put into his life? They put Scripture into his life. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That Timothy was far ahead of many of his friends because of who emptied their life into him. Mom, understand this principle. You only have them for a little while. Don't worry. Some other young lady going to come along and get their fancy. Some other young lady going to get a bigger gift than you get. Some young lady 
He's going to spend more time with them than he is with you. That daughter who loves you eventually will fall in love with somebody else and maybe go to the other ends of the earth with him. But for the time you have them with you, pour yourself into them through Jesus Christ. She waited for the right person, and that was Paul. And when it came to be circumcised and Paul was getting ready to go on this trip, she trusted Paul to take her son through circumcision. Because the scripture says something else she knew. Now I want you to see her wisdom here. Because it's so important. It says in that verse 3, Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. She understood the outside world. She understood the minds of other people. She understood what her son might experience from other Jews who were not maybe living right there with them. It says, so he circumcised him because of who? The Jews. Now I want you to see her. Something that she did not allow, in a sense, on the eighth day. Something that she didn't allow for many years. But because her son is getting ready to go out into this world, and she knows the teaching of Jewish men and how important for some Jewish men this might be. Catch this important point. Sometimes you have to drop what you think is right and you have to do what you need to do to in, in order to further the gospel. It was not just about him and their rights. It was not just about him and what his father may have thought. It was not just about him. She's getting ready to send him out and he has to learn to adapt in this world. And one of the first adaptations that take place that he is circumcised, that he might be acceptable for others. And sometimes you and I, we got to drop something that we might be acceptable to others. And she knew the thinking of other Jews that were out there. She knew the danger that she might put him in if this didn't take place. She understood that he might not be accepted by other Jews if this did not take place. And that he was going to be ministering to Jews with Paul. And this was something that was expected of a who? Of a Jewish young man. Now, as a mother, are you allowing Jesus to build you? Because that's where it begins. Eunice's mother, Lois, accepted Christ. She was built up in her faith and was sincere about her faith. The daughter caught that, Eunice. And she lived out her faith, a genuine faith. And she taught her son 
of his Jewishness, his history. She taught him the scripture. And when Paul came along, he saw something in this young man that said, I want him to go with me. And was willing to adapt, but also know this is the person who God has prepared to take her son to another height, to another level. And trusted him. It's hard for a mother to see their children do what? Go off. When I was going to Vietnam, Elaine, my mom, and my dad took me down to the bus station. And I can still see my mom somewhat weeping a little bit. Why? I'm getting ready to go some distance away. Elaine, we dropping the kids off at college. Before we get to the car, you know, you going to see them again? More likely in just a couple of months, we have to come back down, get them, and bring them back home for whatever holiday or break it was. But it's just that something of the separation. Evis the other day, her daughter had to have surgery because she broke part of her arm here or, or chipped it or whatever, and they had to put two pins into it. Now, her daughter's six years old, and as we left her daughter, and they're taking her to the surgical room, Evans just broke down crying. Now, as a man, I'm trying to say, what's wrong? <laughs> you know? The doctor just met with us, told us a very simple procedure. He was done in 20 minutes, and I'm trying to say, what's wrong? And that mother is hurting for that child. Sometimes as men, we can be awful ignorant of the feelings of a mother. (laughs) Are you allowing God to build you that you might build your son or daughter? Are you allowing that to take place in your life? Because, see, if you don't let God work in your life and build you, you can't build your sons and daughters. It starts with you learning those scriptures being genuine in your faith, living out your faith before your children, not being ashamed of the gospel, owning who you are, and allowing your children to know your past, your history, your heritage, but also recognizing this. You're not going to allow that to be a detour to what you are going to become. Amen? Father, we thank you and praise you for our mothers who pour their lives into their children. And sometimes, Lord, we can think we have the worst mother in the world. But she is still someone to be honored, someone to be highly respected, someone to be, oh Lord, recognized, and someone we ought to be able to say, thank you, Lord, for my mom. Bad or good, you put us there for a reason.
And you know what outcome was going to take place because of where you placed us. And Lord, we thank you for our moms. We thank you, Lord, for our families. We thank you for our heritage. But more than anything else, Lord, we thank you that we have had the blinders removed from our eyes and we can know Jesus for ourselves. Thank you for the godly mothers who helped coach along the way. Thank you, Lord, for those mothers who listened to the Holy Spirit and knew when to sometimes release that child into the care of another person or allow another person to step in and to help out. Lord, thank you for that mother who has walked with God and knows what's good for her child. Lord, use us. Use us, Lord. Use us. Thank you for the lessons that we can pull out from Loris and Eunice. Thank you, Lord, that we can see that Christianity can be passed down to a third generation and even further. May it be so in our lives, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to give to the Lord, we again just say thank you because he's been so good to us. He's blessed us tremendously. And we just want to say thank you to him. By what we give, we give in honoring him. We give recognizing that it's about his kingdom, not about ours. And we give knowing that he has blessed us to give. Father, may you take what we give, O God. May you further it, O God, and use it for the good of your kingdom. Help us, Lord, to help someone along the way. And Lord, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.